0: Welcome back to the Movie Babble podcast. This is our first podcast of 2022, which is kind of surreal to say that we've made it to 2022 uh, as as a world. But we are here. <laughs> um, Nick, uh, joined by the man himself. How's it going,
1: sir? We made it barely. Uh, yeah, still kind of shocked we're in 2022 <laughs> 22 myself, but here we are. We're still talking movies. Yeah. We're still doing yeah, it. It
0: felt weird to say. I didn't. Uh, I think it might be the first time I said 2022 out loud. So. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a good special podcast because we're going to be reminiscing on the year that was 2021 and just kind of going through, um, a bunch of things that happened in the world of film, as well as just our favorite and least favorite movies of the year. Um, I think it was a pretty overall strong year for film. I think there, there was a resurgence of a lot of different types of movies that obviously 2020, um, we didn't get to see a lot of the types of movies that did come out this year. So many of the delayed movies from 2020, uh, we finally got to see in 2021. Um, But it doesn't mean it was a normal year. 2021 was still anything but normal. And if anything, I think 2021 was even more, you know, up in the air than 2020 was. I think there were were so many things that happened this year that um, may not have happened. There were a lot of delays. Uh, Things got moved up weeks instead of months. I mean, it was just all over the place still. Uh, 2020 was kind of a dead zone. 2021 was kind of a sporadic chaotic zone you know so Nick uh, just just at a glance how was 2021 for you in film
1: yeah I, I feel like in recent years I've gotten away from figuring out if it's a good or bad year because I've just gotten more into my own weirdness and I just like scour like at like the internet and everywhere for cool films that I can watch so stuff there's always good stuff you just gotta be able to find it and um, I think this year is key for that because it's like no way home, the only good, only movie that did well in the box office, right? So you were left to your own devices and just finding good movies that you really liked. So I feel like I did a decent job at. It. There's still a bunch I haven't seen, like I still haven't seen *Memoria* or Siama's Petit Maman* and like a bunch of others. But um, I liked a lot of I liked a lot of movies this year. I'm like I'm still kind of putting together my top ten list before I try to write that and put that on the website but uh I really like the movies I've seen this year and I thought there was a lot of really good stuff so I'm content uh not maybe not with the world but I'm content with movies
0: yeah I think I agree um it, it certainly was an interesting year uh just even at the box office um, but just out the gate this year started wild because we had the Oscars in April which is probably one of the latest that we'll ever have the Oscars I know this year's march so it's one month, but that's a key month when you're talking about the awards that that one extra oh month, gosh. you can really feel it. <laughs>
1: yeah. If, if who knows what happens? Cause you know, Omicron is here probably to stay. So if, if it gets pushed back to April, I'm just going to hate myself because I'm going to have to talk about being in the Ricardos for <laughs> a few more weeks, and it, I'm just—it's just going to be the worst, worst thing ever. So yeah, you really can feel every single day.
0: Initially, whenever the Oscars announced the March 27 date for here 2022, I was thinking that's way too late. But now with the variant, it seems like the smartest move they've ever made. <laughs> yeah, they might much. avoid Who delay um, with that date. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the the year started off odd. Uh, we we jumped back into this year with kind of starting the year with virtual um, festivals again, and then um, suddenly the spring came, and uh, a lot of um, a lot of uh, the the areas in the world, not everywhere, unfortunately, but a lot of areas, uh, vaccines became very accessible, and we saw in North America, COVID seemed to be you know receding to a point where. Um, theaters started our studios started putting their things back in theaters again. And besides uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, we we saw kind of the big start to the summer box office, which was probably the May two, four weekend with Cruella and a quiet place part two. I think that was probably the first indication that things are going to start coming out week after week. You know, that was kind of the big kickoff. And then, you know, the year kept going. And while there had, while there was a recovery, so to speak, at the box office Um, a lot of movies that you know we probably would have hoped would do better definitely did not do better Um, you can rifle off a ton just off the top of our heads Uh, West Side Story The Last Duel they come to mind movies that may have done better you know pre-pandemic it sucks but I think while I think those movies have a chance to improve in the years to come those types of movies I do think it's it's the start of a new normal for movies that aren't you know big blockbusters
1: yeah and we've been tracking this for forever how it's just you know No Way Home is probably like the only movie it's going to do well at the movies and all these other kind of tweener movies aren't going to do as well because yeah there was like a little bit of hope there in like July where it was like ah, COVID's gone (laughs) but obviously not and like people were getting vaccinated and people were going back to theaters so it seems like theaters have like buoyed themselves and like they're not going to just all shutter their doors anytime soon but you know, with COVID still being still, like, around, people are less likely to be like, yeah, hey, let's take a chance on this weird movie and see it in theaters. They're going to wait for that, and they're going to be like, they're going to save their their time for, I'm going to go see No Way Home, and that's the only risk of getting sick that I'll take and go into the theaters, and they'll wait for everything else to come home later on. So, yeah, it's just now every single showing is Spider-Man, <laughs> except, of, except for, like, Licorice Pizza or anything else that's, like, out right now. So, yeah, it's it's accelerated that path where theaters are only going to show your big tentpole movies. So, which is a bummer for me, but I'll still find my weird stuff anyway, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, that's the thing too. I think, I think uh, obviously we have seen that shift come pretty quick this year and COVID definitely ramped it up, but there were still a lot of movies that I wouldn't call, you know, tentpoles that I saw in theaters this year that kind of um, took me by surprise and uh, and, and I sort of fell in love with one of the movies that I more recently will point to is, I mean, this is in 2021, it is a, it is a 2021 film, but I saw it three days ago and that's The Novice. Have you heard of The Novice? I
1: have, I haven't seen it though.
0: I absolutely love that movie and, uh, went, cause I mean, we're talking about COVID Ontario, where I live, we shut down everything for 21 days as of this past week. So restaurants, theaters, everything, schools, um, 21 days. So I was like, I gotta rush out and see something before uh, before they close up. So I went to the art house theater near me, and I saw The Novice. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like me and like two other people. There were about a dozen people. That was solid, and the movie was phenomenal. Uh, So big shout out to The Novice for giving me a good trip to the theaters before um, they closed their doors. But I do think that there there's still a obviously there's still a place for a lot of these you know smaller films to be in theaters, whether it be art house theaters. uh, or anywhere, and I do think we saw um, some successes from movies that aren't super huge. Like I think uh, one that I point to is The Green Knight, which had a pretty solid box office run in July for for the type of movie it was. Um, even The French Dispatch, which saw diminishing returns from Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, was still you know a, a si- still made a sizable chunk of money at the box office in a crowded month of October as well. So. I think there is still a place, but you're right. Uh, the The acceleration is is it's happened, and COVID has done that. Um, while at the same time, Spider-Man's breaking records and might cross 1.5 billion dollars by the end of next week or something like that, which is, which is just nuts. Yeah, wild, yeah,
1: insane. Yeah, it's I. It's it's gonna we're going to the two extremes right you're gonna you're gonna go see your big superhero movies or you're gonna go to your art house theater and see I don't know some foreign film that's kind of what it's gonna be and everything in between is just gonna be on streaming or you'll figure it out so which is kind of a bummer because I was looking back on some of the more fun like watches I had and a couple of them were TV so one I just watched I was late to the game here but Midnight Mass Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass the limited series on Netflix I thought was like amazing and he's a director I'm really fond of and that like Midnight Mass 10 years ago is probably just a movie um, but I liked how it ended up on TV but I'm worried for guys like their directors like that who I think make really interesting stuff on a middle budget who just kind of are kind of They're trying to figure out where their home is right now. And I also really loved Mayor of Easttown. And it was a really good Kate Winslet performance that 10 years ago, you know, she probably gets some kind of nomination, Oscar nomination in the movie version of that. But, you know, now she's on TV on HBO doing that. So um, that's the stuff that kind of scares me. And, you know, like Steven Soderbergh is just out here being like, fuck it. I'll just make (laughs) movies for HBO every year. And they're all great, but now no one pays attention to them. And now I feel like we all disrespect Steven Soderbergh a little bit because... He makes, like, one or two really good movies every year, and uh, no one just talks about them because they're just dumped on HBO Max. So that's the kind of thing that I worry about a little bit, and kind of, like, the the expensive adult drama that I feel like I champion a lot on this podcast. So that's the stuff that I'm mostly worried about. But, um, yeah, I still have some fun theater experiences, you know? Like, going to theaters, there's... You know, Mar- Marty's correct in that sense. There's a lot of fun to be had when you go to the movie theater, so.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of, most of my, my favorite watches this year have been in the theater, and um, I, I try to seek out as much as I can. Um, one of them being, I think Mass was a wonderful theater experience. Um, as I said, in, in my uh, one of my little reviews here about this movie, it was just like, there were, there were four of us in the theater, and by the end you could hear everyone sniffling, with, from, from the tears, you know, and I thought that was a, it was such a, such a unique theater moment. Then the very next night after, after that, I'm in a fully packed theater on the opening night of Dune, and it's just like a nuts experience. Um, there, it's a huge parallel there, but I I was glad I got to experience uh, the movies in both ways. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation to have for sure. Um, I do want to jump into though, since, you know, this is a retros- retrospective on 2021, some of the movies that, um, you know, we love the most, we, we disliked the most, uh, that surprised us, um, or even some of our biggest disappointments, you know? So firstly, let's jump into the movies that surprised us the most this year. So movies that, you know, maybe they were on our radar, maybe they weren't, uh, we weren't expecting a ton out of them, but they definitely gave back a lot. Um, Nick, I'll throw it over to you to, to, to rattle some off there what what were some of the biggest surprises of the year for you
1: yeah one of the the first one that came to mind for me was the amusement park there's a george romero movie that just came out this year that was on shutter um i forget they just they found it it's kind of like the other side of the wind for netflix a few years ago where they just found this movie that was he made in the 70s i think it was supposed to come out in 73 and they found it and restored it and just put it on shutter and it's amazing it's like i don't even know how long it is i think it's like like 45 minutes or something like that but it's it's terrific and it's just like holy shit like how did we how did we get this and i feel like not a lot of people are talking about it and i thought it was really terrific but um yeah i really liked pig too pig was surprising you think you think it's gonna be a nick cage john wick lost his pig movie and then it turns into like a really profound movie on loss and um Like family and what that means to you. I thought that was really terrific. Um, Matrix Resurrections. Had no idea what that was going to be like. I was a little nervous. And then it turned out to be everything I would have wanted it to be. And it was a hilarious takedown of kind of what the Matrix um, franchise morphed into and all kind of like all the bad actors. And you know, like Red Pilling has a lot of a very different kind of notion now than it does when 1999, when the first Matrix came out. So it was really fun to see Lana Wachowski kind of wrestle that back and kind of reclaim what the matrix franchise was so i really love that movie um shiva baby was a movie i had no idea i just people said it was good so i watched it i thought it was terrific and rachel sennott just gives like one of the best performances of the year in that movie and uh fred melmed is in it so i like it just because (laughs) he's in it just on principle um and then um I guess the last one we I mean, we can come back later to some other ones I had if we want to, but uh, I got gotta ride for my malignant. Just the, the hilarious movie James Wan, just taking Warner Brothers money after he made them billion over a billion for Aquaman and said I want to make this weird movie that no one will think is very good, but I want to make it, and it was the one of the funniest things I've ever seen this year. So uh, I love Malignant. Long live Gabriel, Um, just a, just a terrific experience. Long live Gabriel.
0: Um, Yeah, that, that's, those are some good ones. Pig was one that, oh my God, yeah, that was probably like the, I think that was the second movie I saw when theaters reopened, second or third when theaters reopened here. Um, And that was a, that was amazing, amazing movie still. Ends the year in my top five. Um, Love Pig, love Pig. Uh, Malignant, great to shout out Malignant there. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you were going to. I knew I knew that was going to happen. He,
1: he got to. It's just, it's the, it's one of the ultimate, like, a director has some cachet with the studio yeah. and they're like, you made us a lot of money, so do whatever you want. And he's like, okay. And he runs with it and he makes a batch an insane movie that is just, just so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just, I just love James Wan being like, fuck you. I'm doing what I want here. It's just amazing.
0: 100%. Um, Sheba Baby is also another one that, that was probably one of the earlier movies I watched this year that I really loved. Um, that's a good, good pick. Uh, for me, some of the most surprising, you know, experiences were, um, heading to the theater, uh, didn't watch a single trailer, just knew it was the new release of the week. And I saw David Bruckner's the, the night house, um, really starring night. Rebecca Hall. And it's easily one of my favorite movies of the year. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. um, didn't really know what I was getting into. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it beforehand. It just kind of went in. And uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a wonderful movie. Um, there's just so much there, so many layers to that movie. And I feel like it doesn't get, you know, the 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 same respect that a lot of the more recent uh, big horror movies are that have turned in, you know, great performances like Hereditary, Midsummer, um, even Us to an extent. But I think uh, this movie deserves to be in the conversation with those as as one of the better horror movies of the last few years. I think Rebecca Hall gave one of the best performances of the year, and um, the movie's just terrifying in a way that's it, not just you know what's on the screen, but just a lot of what's in the writing as well. And the movie's so cool as well with the way it's shot. I don't I don't want to give away too much because I feel like a lot of it is great to experience yeah. for the first time. But there's so many cool things, cool shots in that movie that that play into the narrative as well. Um, so The Night House is, is definitely one of my more, uh, you know, surprising movies of the year. And also, speaking of Rebecca Hall, I have to put Passing on here as, as one of the movies that surprised me the most. Yeah. Um, love Passing. I think Tessa Thompson and Ruth Negga were phenomenal in it. And it's on Netflix, so, I mean, there's no excuse for people not to check it out, especially with uh, Don't Look Up becoming, like, one of the most watched movies ever or something like that, so... Sure, give some respect to passing.
1: Right next to Red Notice, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, give some. Yeah,
0: that's where it should be, I guess. <laughs> give some uh, respect to passing, though, and and check that one out because it's really good, really good directorial debut from Rebecca Hall, and just a really good movie overall. Um, another one here that might be controversial, but uh, and that's because of whom I'm talking to, which is you, and that is Tick, Tick... Boom. Oh no! Oh no!
1: No, sorry, I nope. think
0: Tick Tick Boom. There's there's a story in there that I think it can, that that really uh, can can consume and absorb anyone. I think there's there's a lot in there um, to love, and I think Andrew Garfield gives a phenomenal performance. Um, for me, it's the best musical of the year in the year of the musical. I I, I think it's the best one. Um, I think it was uh, I think it was the most interestingly made. I think it was it was it was super flashy. And uh, completely took me off guard because I had no idea what to expect with that one. And uh, lastly, gotta go with uh, Benedetta. Benedetta is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I love this movie. I, I I mean the reviews were solid uh, enough coming out of uh, Cannes. Um, I think it was at Cannes, yeah. I think the reviews were solid enough coming out of there. But still, I didn't know, you know, if I was gonna love it. I know that there, there were people that loved it, people that didn't. I thought it was phenomenal. Currently in my top ten of the year, definitely check out Benedetto. Um, <laughs> gotta love Paul uh, Verhoeven. He's just he's he's a, he's a he's he's another animal.
1: I just I just love it. He's just out here continuing to be kind of an edgelord, lord, but also not because his sat, all of it's satire and it's just terrific. I just I love his movies. I think he's great. I I love that. I feel like there's like twelve production companies ahead of this movie. Like he just. Finds money however <laughs> he can to make his movies now. It's just amazing. I just continue to wish the best for him. Yeah,
0: So great. <laughs> That's hilarious. Twelve. Yeah, you're right. There were, there were so many. Yeah. yeah. Um, another movie I wanted to mention because it was surprising in a way that, um, you know, it, it's not conventionally surprising. Like the movie was well received and it's from an auteur, you know, in Wes Anderson. But The French Dispatch is one that I have to put on for my most surprising of the year because... Um, I had never, you know, fallen in love with his work over the years. I think I've always really enjoyed it. I think he's made some, you know, all timers. Um, but he's never really got me in the heart. You know, I've always really liked his movies, but the French dispatch is so good. Absolutely fell in love with it. Um, from the moment that the credits started rolling, I was like, I got to watch that again. And it was, it was phenomenal. The blu-ray just came in last night. So I definitely will watch it again. Um, but yeah, absolutely love that movie. And, uh, it's surprising in the way that I knew it was going to be good. You know, he, he doesn't put out bad movies, but I, I didn't think, you know, I'd fall in love with it. And that was the movie that really, you know, finally, I think I, uh, I'm a Wes head now.
1: Yeah. I, I had the exact same reaction to you where I'm, I'm, I was surprised because I feel like in terms of general reaction to his movies, I feel like this was like everyone was considering it like lower tier Wes Anderson. And like, they were like, I can't really get emotionally involved to this movie at all. Cause I guess, cause it's like anthologies or whatever. Um, but I was like, so moved watching this movie It's also one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, like it just, I thought it was hilarious in the way that Wes Anderson does that. And all I thought just some amazing performances. I thought Adrian Brody was just fucking hilarious in that movie. Um, Jeffrey Wright, so it in, in, uh, is like one of my fa- most like favorite performances, uh, favorite performances of the year. I thought he was unbelievable and unbelievably moving. And yeah, I just thought there was like beneath all of like the really fast talking, super literary, like, like words that all these people are using. There's like a profound, like sadness to all these people. Cause they're, yeah. they're basically like, I don't, I'm really lonely because the one thing I love to do just kind of leads to that kind of life. And so I have nothing else to do, but to pour myself into my work and do it as well as possible. And I just thought that was, it was just really moving. You know, I, I teared up a few times. I thought like, it's just him on like crack in terms of all of this, the symmetry and like all, the production design. Like I just, I loved it. There's so many great little nuggets to it that I want to return to over and over again. Yeah,
0: I think, um, it, uh, it, it certainly is just, just one of the, one of the better, um, Movies of the year, and I think you're right. The conversation when it first hit the festival circuit was that this is a good movie, but it's 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 Wes Anderson at his most Wes Anderson, and it's you know kind of in the middle or to the bottom of his filmography. But I think the opposite. It's one of my favorites of his films. I've seen a good amount of them now, and um, it was just so so good, so good. Uh, can't wait to check it out again. Um, I like that we had the same reaction though, because I feel like there have been a few people I've seen that had a similar reaction to a movie that going into it, I was not expecting to fall in love with.
1: Yeah. I think Colin was on this pod saying he just did not connect to it at all. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I really fell for it. I thought it was, maybe I was in the right mood that day. I just, I just thought it was really, really terrific. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was- I did want to mention a few more, a few more movies. Um, I was, I think I'm, only, I'm the only person who liked mainstream the <laughs> the Andrew Garfield social media movie, which is at times hilariously bad, and I think, I uh, like intentionally really good, and it follows a bunch of horrible people who are also who are either just like vapid and shallow, or also just like unbelievably stupid. And I think that movie captures something like like unique and special about the people who are on social media all the time, even if it is like hilariously outdated in terms of how it captures like YouTube and all that stuff. So I thought I was one of the few people who liked that movie and I was surprised I did. Um, and a weird one I wanted to throw out, um, was a glitch in the matrix, which was a documentary by Rodney Asher who did, who also did the room Two Thirty Seven movie, which is like, like you, he's like trying to like unravel all of the, uh, like conspiracy theories that came out of the shining. Um, and I thought that was a really fascinating movie as well, but this is another movie where like it, it's kind of about simulation theory, um, but then it's not at all. Like it, it, it kind of goes into who are the people that believe in simulation theory and why they think that way. And it's a really fascinating, um, just psychological study of the people who kind of make these false realities for themselves. So I think a lot. Of, it got like panned out of Sundance. I think a lot of people. I didn't get a chance to see it there, but a lot of other people. Did and said they did not like it. And I think because they thought they were they thought they were getting a straightforward simulation theory documentary, but it's just not that mm. at all. So I uh, thought that movie was really interesting um, and not. I don't think it was this worthy of all the hate it got. So just wanted to throw that one out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's wonderful. Um, let's flip now to our, I guess, uh, least favorite movie of the year. I don't think we should end on least favorite, so I think we should go there now. I think now is when we should jump into that. <laughs> discussion of some of our least favorites of the year um i know you have a lot to talk about i know uh, you're a big hater so
1: i am yes um so i'll
0: i'll i'll kind of kick it off let you let you gather your thoughts here but um i mean where do i start i think there were a lot of movies this year that were good i think this year was a really solid year for film but um to jump in with one of the worst of the year i think it has to be a spa- uh, space jam a new legacy i think yep. you got to mention that movie it's uh didn't think it was going to be good but it was it was really bad and really went in directions that i didn't expect it to i think i was expecting really a really straightforward legacy sequel and what it was was an advertisement you know and um i will say it was funny though in a bad way i laughed quite a bit at this movie um, i don't know how you feel about space jam but
1: no i hate this movie so much like Le- lebron being put into casablanca just needs to be hurtled into the sun i just
0: <laughs> <it> so much <laughs> oh god um i think thunder force is one that i also had to throw in there i had that on my list yeah, too thunder force is not a good movie um you got to get octavia spencer out of there even Melissa mccarthy but she's doing some uh, charity work for her husband i believe with this movie
1: yeah she just needs to stop working with her husband yeah. uh, every time she does the movie's terrible like ben falcone seems like a nice guy but he, he just <laughs> needs to
0: go away and when i was thinking about worst of the years uh i was shocked that this was from this year because it feels like eons ago that i watched thunder force
1: yeah, me too. I don't know why, but
0: it feels like early pandemic, not early 2021. I don't know. Time is yeah. broken, but yeah, that's, uh, that's gotta be another one. And, um, I think I'll probably also throw in, cause I don't think there were too many movies I absolutely, you know, hated this year, but if you're ever, uh, wanting to watch something bad on Netflix, I think this was probably one of the first movies of the year that I thought was just got off on. That was deadly illusions, um, not even popular but it it was like trending on netflix on the top 10 when it first came out and it's one of those netflix movies that's kind of a thriller and has like twists so i feel like maybe people liked it for that uh general audiences maybe were interested in you know the twists of of, of deadly illusions but uh gotta throw it on there because it was the first movie of the year that i watched and said this is awful so deadly illusions definitely give it a (laughs) watch.
1: Uh, I don't think I'm going to. You know, one of my... I'm not a big resolution guy, but one of mine for this year is just not to watch as many bad movies. Because, you know, like, life's short. Well, like, what am I doing? Just, like, putting on Thunder Force on a (laughs) Sunday afternoon when I could be hanging out with people. So, um, I feel like I also had, like, you know, like, life things happen this year. So, it was, like, when I was watching movies, it was less time spent on watching, like, like, scouring for really bad movies. So... Um, that was probably good for just my well-being in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah, second you on Thunder Force and Space Jam, just to get those out of my face. Um, I will say that we were, I feel like I was, we were both fairly positive on Free Guy when it came out. And I've come back around to saying like, this is just an abomination of an, of a movie. I think so it's okay. I, it's, I will, will. Disagree there, sir. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what it was. Maybe I was in a too good of a mood that day. But uh, I just I've come back around and notice how soulless that movie is. Um, same with Red. Red Notice. Uh, Ryan Reynolds on autopilot this I guess. <laughs> Red Notice is just really bad. And it's a like it's just an excuse for The Rock and Ryan Reynolds to like shill their their gin and vodka or what's tequila yeah. for The Rock. Yeah. So, like, there's, like, very specific scenes in this movie where uh, The Rock is at a bar, and they pour his Terramana tequila, and, it, like, the label is facing the camera. And it's like, all right, I see what this movie was for, so I hated that movie. It was just not very fun. Um, Remember Cherry? Oh, God, yeah. Remember when that came out this yeah. year? Um, The gaping asshole shot at the, that happened this year in that <laughs> movie? That was... That was uh, that was, I still can't believe that was a thing that happened. The Russos were like, "Cool, we made it. We did End Game. Now let's go make Cherry." Um, so that was a terrible movie. they something else. Um, remember music as well. That was also never this watched
0: year. it. Thankfully.
1: Oh my god! Please don't. It's just it's kind of like one of the more baffling terrible movies of the last few years. Where for for I think three years people were like telling Sia, "Please don't." make this movie it's a very bad idea and she was like no nah, I'm I'm gonna do ego. it ego ego was too bad and it turned out to be one of the most bafflingly terrible and like just amazingly offensive movies <laughs> to come out of the last few years it's just very unbelievably terrible uh, Dear Evan Hansen was another one it's just watch a 40 year old just ruin people's lives <laughs> for two hours how about, how would you go about, about, it. how about that
0: one yeah, that's not good either. Mark Waters, that one he's is like from Grace because I mean, I gotta say, Mean Girls and Freaky Friday are two of the better teen-ish movies of the you know of you know past twenty, thirty years. I think those two movies are great, and to see that he's come all the way around to this twenty years later is very sad.
1: Yeah, I feel like with Hughes, all that I was like, I know what this is going into it, so yeah, it's awful, but I didn't really have a strong reaction to it because I was like, you know, this is probably just gonna be. A big star vehicle for what's her face? I, don't know, I can't remember her name. What is Addison her name? Addison Rae. Addison Rae. I was like, I can't think of her name. It shows how much I, how like I don't care at all. But yeah, I was like, she's just—it's gonna be a star vehicle for her, and it's basically her playing herself as like an influencer. And I was just like, eh, well, I'm here watching this movie, and it's gonna be over eventually, <laughs> and it was. So uh, that was my viewing experience there. Um, the last one I want to mention is, uh, I think, my least favorite movie. I had such a negative just gut reaction to this, and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I think it's just the worst example of a legacy sequel. Even worse than Space Jam, too. I despised everything about this movie. It's like doing the weird, amblin, like, wistful nostalgia thing for like, the original Ghostbusters, which is, like, a hilarious self-joke, and it's, like, wow, isn't it funny that all these slub janitors are just, like, they're go hunting ghosts, you know? Uh, it's just a bizarre, like, horrible, like, hey, remember this? Remember the blasters? Remember Slimer? Remember when um, Bill Murray put a crunch bar in Egon's, like, jacket? It's just just horrible. I I hated this movie so much. And the worst part is, is that this movie was like one of the few movies that did well this year. Yeah. And um it's just I literally hated every single frame of this movie. I thought it was terrible. Paul Rudd trying, I guess. Carrie Coon also trying. Love both those people, but this is just like a horrible fake emotional retread. Um that yeah. It's just it really angered me. So, so <laughs> yeah, that movie was just yeah, awesome. I remember movie.
0: when I think uh, it first came out and I went on Letterboxd and you were like one of the first reviews I saw on my feed. It was like a half star. I was like, <laughs> it's oh. just,
1: <laughs> it's just so bad on so many I still levels. Seen it's, it, so it's literally, it's literally the worst case scenario of member berries and weird, Fake nostalgia for a movie that was a eru- like it, like it's weird. The tone of this movie, it feels like it's trying to be like a Spielberg, Amblin thing, like I mentioned, and it's just, that's just not what Ghostbusters is, you know. Like it the original Ghostbusters is, like I don't want to this to like leap into like a weird like not my Ghostbusters and have a rehash of the 2016 conversation, but it was just like that movie is like the movie that, the like the fact that the movie exists at all is the joke of the first ghostbusters and like bill murray could not give a shit that movie and it's hilarious and this movie has like this weird longing loving feeling for that movie and it's you know it's jason reitman so you know it's tip tip of the cat to his dad so i can understand him wanting to do it but it's just terrible and then there's many stay puff marshmallow (laughs) men in a walmart and it's just like the worst thing i've ever seen in my life it's just terrible product placement right. it's just, uh, i'm done let's, let's move go on. to some more negative
0: <laughs> negativity with our uh, most disappointing movies of the year a couple of our most uh, disappointing i'll i'll start give you a little break after ghostbusters um,
1: yeah i need a i need a host down <laughs> after that i'm i'm
0: struggling over here. um now just a disclaimer I don't think I dislike any of these movies. I don't think I hate any of these movies particularly. I just think these are movies that I really wanted to um, enjoy much more than I did and movies that I wanted to um, you know, appreciate a lot more than I did. And uh, It pains me to say, but I'll jump right into it. I'll peel off the band-aid quick and Candyman falls here. as
1: Those on my list, though. Yeah, my list it, too.
0: it sucks because I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's um an awful movie at all. I think it's a fine movie, but and, and there's good things in the movie as well. I think from the opening uh opening credit roll, the film just is uh captures your attention right away. Like right? the upside down um cinematography of uh Chicago um and uh, just the, just the the score, it opens so good. Um and uh yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen is phenomenal as he always is. I think the imagery is really good. Um, I just think it has had an awful screenplay. I just think it was it was really poorly uh, written and uh, it it similar to I guess the Ghostbusters thing. Don't want to fall into that. Not my candy man, but I, I don't think it. I don't think it, <laughs> it followed uh, in the legacy of the first one. Um, in the way that it should have to make a good movie, I think it forgot a lot of what made the first one great. Um, the filmmaking is great, the performances are great, as I said, the imagery is phenomenal. I think the movie has all the right vibes, you know, it has all the right aesthetic, it has all the right, um, all, all all the right looks, but I just think it's it's the core of it is just not not good.
1: Yeah, I I kind of hate the like the show don't tell, or the show don't tell rule. Because, you know, great filmmakers tell you things all the time, you know, like Spike Lee, like tells you stuff all the time and it's amazing. So I don't really like to describe that, but I feel like this movie is, it's, it's really just like rattling off, like, like its beliefs on societal issues over and over again. Which, you know, it's like, it's like, it's one of those where it's like, I agree that every, I agree about everything the movie is saying, you know, about racial divide and, um, like gentrification, all this stuff. It's like, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but you're not really weaving it into the story particularly well. It's almost like someone is just looking straight at camera and telling you all these things. So it's, I, yeah, I just didn't really vibe vibe with it for that very reason. I think the, the third act of this movie is like shockingly bad to me. It just, it weirdly just, it feels like, cause this movie was um, pushed back like from last year because of uh, like COVID and everything. And like the second trailer, you you go back to we go back to the first trailer, and there's just scenes in there that aren't in the movie. And I wonder if this was like chopped down to something different yeah. than it was at the beginning because it's it's less than ni- it's like 85 minutes long too, right? So it's yeah, it just there's something weird about this movie. I I, I have a feeling that there was stuff that was chopped yeah. out of this because it just turns into a bizarre third act that doesn't really
0: make sense with what you've seen previously. The last 10 minutes feel so like know. it's like a 10 times speed like the last 10 minutes are just
1: yeah it, it's so weird it's ridiculous like you go down like a weird you go down like a weird corridor and it's like wait like what happened like this turned into a different movie yeah. all of a sudden it's just it's very weird
0: yeah it's too bad too because it was it was one of my most anticipated movies of the year and as i said i don't think it's all bad i think there's there's a lot to like with this movie but i just the way it ends and just uh just at the pace it ends too it's uh there's no room to breathe and it kind of leaves you with a bad taste so that's one of my most disappointing of the year another one uh that we differ with though is house of gucci which i finally saw like two days (laughs) ago it was like this was actually my last uh, theater watch before you know they shut down theaters here for three weeks um i don't know i i really dug the last duel and i was thinking you know this could be a big year for ridley and for a lot of people it was a lot of people like both but how Gucci, for me was kind of a, a waste of a phenomenal cast, and I think that a lot of the issue is, while the cast is mostly fine, um, Jared Leto aside, I think uh, <laughs> I just think the story was just kind of an uninteresting when it could have been really interesting. I think the movie is um, far too long, uh, and it just uh, it could have done a lot more for me, especially just someone who was so excited for the movie. Um, another one most disappointing of the year for me um, regrettably this is one that I saw the same day I saw French dispatch so it's like complete opposite um, had like a quadruple feature at the cinema on uh, Halloween so that was fun um, and ended the day with last night in Soho which
1: this one's on my list it was too.
0: disappointing and same as candyman I think there's a lot that's good in the movie I think uh, Thomas McKenzie like one of my favorite people right now, and Ani Taylor-Joy is Ani Taylor-Joy. She's great. Um, there's a lot of cool callbacks in the film. Um, it's well shot. I think it's it's got the style, got the Edgar Wright flair, but at the same time, I think it, 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 it suffers from that issue at the core uh, where, where you don't really know what this movie wants to be, and the movie doesn't really know what it wants to be, and similarly to Candyman, it's got a questionable third act at the least. Um, so I don't hate the movie. I don't. But I just don't think it's all that great. Um, yeah, I think that those are some of the more, you know, profound disappointments I had this year just because they were movies that I was so excited for. Like there are a few other movies that I was kind of excited for that didn't uh, land for me. I guess Reminiscence will be one of them. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> I mean, who's expecting that to be good anyways? But uh, I was, and it wasn't. <laughs> but. <laughs> it, 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 it it's on a different level than some of these other movies um, even being the Ricardos to an extent like I don't mind the last couple of Sorkin outings I think Molly's Game is good I think Trial was pretty good being the Ricardos is just one of the most boring movies of the year it's just uh, uh, baffling and for someone as talented as Sorkin the, the don't uh, gaslight me line from uh, Nicole Kidman's Lucille Ball is I mean you might have the question is he a good writer I mean, he is, but it's, yeah,
1: And then it's, and, then, and then, uh, uh, J. Edgar Hoover saves the day at the end, and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so weird.
0: So that's, that's got to be some of them. Um, another one, too, more under the radar one was Netflix's Things Heard and Seen um, with Amanda Seyfried, which I only say it's disappointing because I thought the first half of the movie was really good, and the second half was really bad. So that's, that's one that I'd throw in there. Um, how about you, though? Maybe some of your most disappointing of, of the year
1: yeah last night in soho was in there um i kind of lumped that in too with another movie that was disappointing to me false positive which i think both movies just needed a female director to handle their subject matter i like i think the last night in soho kind of like just get, like puts itself in a corner at the end and i just think it really does not say anything particularly interesting or insightful about you know it's like looking at sexual assault back in like it's like it's like an anti-nostalgia movie where it's looking about how terrible the 60s were and it's it's just what it's doing with the like sexual assault and its main characters and it's just not it's it kind of gets gross at the end personally and i kind of felt the same way about false positive as well i just don't think those movies work particularly well for what they're trying to go after um <laughs> i have two other weird uh choices here. Um, I put slacks on here. Have you heard I of this know. movie, the killer, the killer jeans movie, um, that came out this year? I was so excited to watch this movie. Uh, probably the only one because you know it's a killer. It's a movie about killer jeans. It's exactly what it's you think it exciting. is. It's just like yeah, a that's... pair. It's a pair of jeans just walking around and killing people. And I really wanted to like this movie so much. And it's just okay. And I think that's like one of the worst crimes of the year. And how do you make a movie? About killer genes, just okay. Like how, how is that possible? Like it's kind of just boring in the end, and it's also like fairly racist, so it's not great in that respect either. Um, the other one is a really bizarre choice that I don't think anyone else saw. is a small Canadian horror movie called Come True. I don't know if you've heard of this movie either, um, but it got good reviews. I think I had like Fantasia last year. I saw the trailer; it looked really cool and i'm watching this movie and the first 45 minutes of it are kind of unbelievable you're watching it and you're like wow like this kind of is one of the most inventive horror movies i've seen in forever so it's about it's about this girl who she's kind of a runaway and she puts herself into like this this sleep study because she's really having trouble sleeping and it kind of like descends into like these like this really creepy dream and imagery and like the her dreams start to like like come into play with her, like when she's awake and you don't know what's real and whatnot, and she starts to be freak out and like the imagery is unbelievable. It's kinda like a it's like a blend of like eighties analogue technology and futuristic stuff. I think it's so like well mounted and the cinematography and it's amazing. And then the ending of this movie is one of the most inexplicable things I've seen in years like it is it takes the hardest left turn at the end and you're like wow like this movie just went off the deep end sounds like a theme uh and just and ruined everything yeah, yeah it's just it, it it was just so cool i love a weird little canadian horror movie there's something different about those but then they come out i just yeah it just has all the style you could ever want and then the ending is just the most bizarre thing you've ever seen so yeah just wanted to throw that one out there, yeah, too.
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, so I mean, for the most part this year, I don't think many of the movies I was super hyped for let me down uh, at the end. I mean, there were a few, but I, I, overall I was pretty satisfied with most of what I saw this year. Even one that I think could have had a lot of, you know, variation between whether it was going to be really good or really bad. Um, because I thought the trailer was good, the premise was cool, and the cast is phenomenal, and that's the harder they fall. But I mean, I think it was his first feature film, and it's it's always, you know, you never know what you're going to get, I think that movie, you know, that's another really good movie this year that I think uh, was solid, another one, Zola, which everyone was talking about Zola before it came out, um, turned out to be pretty solid as well, um, but yeah, I mean, there are not a lot of movies that disappointed me big time, but there are certainly a few, uh, so pouring out for those movies, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I like your, I like your uh, obscure picks there that disappointed you because I feel like it's usually disappointments come from the biggies, you know. So I mean, you're really seeking out some interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just like it's a movie about killer genes. <laughs> like I'm so excited. You just hear that, like I'm so excited to see how that movie turns out, and it's just yeah, it's just it's a bummer, man. Like It just did not turn out very yeah. good. Um, very,
0: very. Ooh, another one actually that I'd throw in for disappointing is prisoners of the Ghostland*, which for me uh oh damn i like uh, this movie i don't know like love pig and then I, I i'm like okay more nick cage this year wonderful um even the vibes were all good because th- this art house theater near me they love nick cage and they're just like they got pictures <laughs> of him up on the wall around the theater and uh they're playing it there's like it's a packed house i didn't like it at all i don't know
1: Oh, I, I I love this movie. <laughs> Just Nick Cage, Nick Cage yelling testicle at the top of his lungs. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I think like, it's the best.
0: It's, I don't know. It was, I mean, maybe I should have kept my expectations in check, but didn't love it.
1: I get it because the movie literally makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense at all. But that's kind of the point, I feel like, because it's, it's like this bizarre blending of Western and Eastern, like, kind of like vibes going on. So, and it blends to the point where it literally just makes no sense. Like, you're like, wait, there's like a scene missing here. Like, wait, he's back in the ghost land. What's happening. Um, but I think that idea and there's like, there's weird, like there's, there's weird like allegories for the, the atomic bomb in there too. I think there's a lot, there's more to unpack to it that like for, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for a specific reason. Um, so, i thought it was fun and then also you know nick cage gets his testicle one <laughs> off and it's it's hilarious and he yells and it's great. okay fair, fair, <laughs> so, enough. fair enough um sometimes i'm a simple man i just want to see that happen on yeah. screen and i did and that was all i needed yeah um <laughs> i hear
0: you uh so jumping in now just to, to wrap things up is let's end it on a high note with our favorites of 2021 just a few of those movies that bar none these are at the top of the year our top of your list at the end of the year um uh nick I'll, I'll let you open up with with some of your favorites of the year
1: yeah there's still a a bunch i really need to see so this is definitely no not set in stone but um Titan, i've been saying a lot on this podcast really enjoyed really terrific uh the mitchell's versus the machines i thought was unbelievable like one of the better animated movies that that and luca i thought were two of the better animated movies of the last few years um the french dispatch we already talked about i thought it was terrific um, the Power of the Dog, also I thought was amazing. Um, I just saw Licorice Pizza yesterday, and holy shit, what a banger! liquor's Pizza is just like just one amazing needle drop after another, just uh, immaculate vibes. It's just they're so good. It's almost, it's another anti-nostalgia movie where it's like enticing, like it's so mesmerizing how like cool everything is, and you take a step back and you're like, wait, all of this is horrible it's, it's, I thought it was really like well-crafted. It doesn't really like the spoon feed you a lot of what it's going after. I thought that was really, really impressive. Um, the worst person in the world I like adored, like Rana Reemsva is like, it's like one of the best female performances I've seen in the last few years. I thought she was just so mesmerizing in this movie. Um, kind of one of those where I think you could show this movie to anybody, to anyone and they would really like it it's i think it's very accessible but also just like really sweet and honest and then the end of this movie just like just just hits you like a, like a hammer to the head it is just so powerful uh, i thought that was terrific uh, about endlessness was another movie i really really liked um it's a hilarious ultimate flex to make a movie called about endlessness only 75 minutes long uh, it's terrific i don't want to really spoil much more about that movie but i thought it was great um, And two more that are a little off the beaten path here. I thought Barry Jenkins, he made the underground railroad this year for Amazon. And that's like one of the best things I've watched this year. I, I don't even know. Like it's, it's a limited series, but it's also not, it's really just like a 10 hour movie and it's unbelievable. It's like one of the best things I've watched. And you know, Barry Jenkins is like one of the best people working, but he made this 50 minute, like a a visual essay called The Gaze and it was, he just dropped it on Vimeo and it's like when they were on the set of The Underground Railroad, he would just tell people to stay still and he would just move the camera around them and take like these almost like paintings of these people and it's an amazing score. Nicholas Bertel did the score to the the show and he also does his scores in this like essay as well. I think it was like one of the most like moving things i've watched this year and it's it's like the cast just staying still in a cotton field or wherever they are and it's just it really works with the themes of the the show itself so it's kind of like a twofer you know yeah you 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 support the gays you support the, the underground railroad as well and then my last one which is currently my favorite movie of the year is called last and first men which kind of is the exact same thing as the gaze almost where it's an auto visual essay almost but i would contend it's like one of the most cinematic things i watched this year um but this movie was made by johan johansson who was a terrific composer he did sicario and mandy and you know, all these great scores in the 2010s and before and he died back in 2018 and but right before he died he made this last and the first men which is i've been looking forward to this for forever i don't know why i just i just really like johan johansson <laughs> And I heard, I've been hearing about this movie for a while, and it's unbelievable. It's an adaptation of a science fiction novel, and it's literally just an hour and ten minutes of the camera kind of slowly panning in on these really bizarre, monolithic Yugoslavian statues while Tilda Swinton in voiceover, disembodied voiceover, tells you about the future two billion years from now and like all they've achieved and how they're about to die and it's this kind of like unbelievably profound like look into legacy and like death and the end of all things and it's like one of the most poignant and unbelievable things I watched like frankly like over the last few years so I really implore people to watch it it's, you can, you can find it online through the metrograph. I thought it was just like amazing. And it's like kind of, it's like pure poetry. Like you don't t- just say like one sentence. And it's one of the most profound things you've ever heard in your life. So it's just, yeah, I just, I fell in love with this thing. It's just terrific. And yeah,
0: it's, it's amazing. It's really good. Definitely miss that, man. Very uh, taken too soon
1: yeah it's just he he was bound to be one of the best composers like in the industry probably like you know he's worked with denny villeneuve a lot um i think he did this he did the score for prisoners as well Um, but he was all all over the place and yeah he's it's a bummer it's like you know like mandy is like one of the most bizarre movies ever and it includes nick cage in a chainsaw fight And and he somehow made that movie like super sweet and emotional with his score so he was just really talented and the score here is just, yeah, it's, I buried the lead. It's amazing. Just listening to his music in this and it really powers everything like you, you'll get emotional just looking at statues and it's like, what well, like, why am I tearing up? This is so weird, <laughs> but it's just, it's, he was just, he was a talent and I feel like this is like a really good capper to his legacy and also, you know, just humanity's legacy in general, cause we're all going to die someday. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. Deep. What a guy. <laughs> um, whew, how do I top that one? So let's jump into uh, my favorites of the year. So I think I have to get uh, kind of throw out seconds there to a lot of what you mentioned, um, specifically The Power of the Dog, which I saw at TIFF and like haven't gotten that out of my head since. Absolute uh, masterpiece of a movie, The Power of the Dog. I think Jane Campion, um, she directs the hell out of that movie. It is such a, such a... Uh, visual film in terms of its storytelling um, and I love that it popped off big time on Netflix um, also I have to give seconds there to the worst person in the world which is my favorite of the year uh, for sure um, another one I saw at TIFF and I can't wait to see it again absolutely love that movie but to kind of throw in some ones that you didn't mention I don't believe uh, Mike Mills' Come On Come On which I finally saw Like great
1: great movie Yeah, love I finally watched
0: lot. it on New Year's Day actually and um that's a good movie
1: to watch on new year's
0: day yeah i made it my first one That's a year. really good so one i made it the first one yeah of
1: that's a that's a really good choice it's really hopeful and sweet that's just that's a good one yeah
0: it's um it, it's good and it's there's so many cool moments in this movie um love the little you know the, the breaks in uh the film for you know the little interview segments uh with uh, the children. Oh, they're so good. This movie's so good. I showed it to like uh, I made my parents watch it, I made my cousin watch it. My cousin loved it. Parents thought it was interesting. <laughs> um I I don't know. I, it's, it it was it was it was absolutely beautiful and um certainly one of my favorites from last year and I do hope more people check it out.
1: Yeah. It's also like you forget how nice it is just to see Joaquin Phoenix act like a regular person. You know? Cause like he comes off of Joker and all of his other demented performances, like the master and all these other things. And here he's just a guy he's just the uncle and he's, so good. <laughs> and, he's and he's really sweet and nice. And, uh, it's just,
0: oh my yeah. gosh, like really good. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal. Woody
1: Norman too, as a kid. Just, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah,
0: very good. Um, next one I got to go, uh, with his, uh, mass, which I think is, a movie that a really um, good one. every, you know, every few minutes, uh, essentially one long scene, right? Because it's just a you know conversation between four people around the table, and um, for 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 most of the runtime, that's where the movie takes place. There's a little bit at the beginning and the end that's you know a little different, but that's pretty much what this movie is. It it's a hard thing to pull off to to, to make something like that still remain captivating. Um, to have people sit around, you know, for 45 minutes of this movie essentially and just chat um about some very deep oh, yeah. and heavy things. Uh it's hard to keep that captivating and uh Fran Kranz did in his first feature film. This movie I think is is one of the best of the year with uh, phenomenal performances throughout and there's one point in this movie pretty early on, but there's one point in the movie where everything kind of, you know, clicked for me and uh I realized, yeah, this is this is something special. So Mass is definitely one of them. Um, also got to shout out The Green Knight because, I mean, what a badass movie. Uh, love The Green Knight.
1: Oh, why didn't I include The <laughs> Green Knight? It's one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> um,
0: we all love The Green Knight. I mean, who doesn't? It's, it's, it, it's just it, terrific. It's was so good. Um, I'd love to see the initial cut because it was supposed to come out, obviously, in 2020 and uh, got delayed a whole year due to COVID. And David Lowery apparently re-edited the whole thing. Uh, during uh, that year. Um, so I, I'd love to see the first cut of the movie just for fun. I want to see what the differences were. Yeah. I wonder if it was a...
1: Yeah. It's funny because the, the editing is like kind of what makes that movie. It's so you know? methodical, it's right? this weird it's, it's... it's this weird journey that's slow. It doesn't make sense kind of a lot of the times. It's dreamlike. So I'm, I wonder what the... It seems like it was just a different vision. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I feel like there, there had to have been something different uh, there. Um, Also got a shout out because this didn't come out. Till, you know, February here. I think in most places, really. But Judas and the Black Messiah, which definitely one of the best mm-hmm. active movies of the year. Um, so I gotta gotta shout that one out. Um, but yeah, those are for me the movies that I'd say are are some of the best of this year. I definitely have have to check out a bunch more. Like January is always always the hustle month. Of like, what did I miss last year? Let's yeah, me yeah too. let's watch as much as we can that we didn't get to see. And obviously, there's those movies that come out in one hidden theater in LA. And then you got to find them in January or February. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's, uh, those, those are my favorites of the year. And, uh, yeah, I think it was all in all, a a really good year for film. And, um, I'm looking forward to to 2022 because I think, uh, it'll, it'll continue to be, to be strong and, and hopeful. And there's a lot that's looking cool. That'll, that'll come out this year. And we'll definitely do a podcast soon and our most anticipated of
1: 2022. Yeah. Can I, can I shout out a few more for movies sure. for this year? Um, I really love Bo Burnham's inside, which was, I feel like we all considered it a movie and then it wasn't a movie anymore for some reason, but I thought that was really clever. Uh, identifying features I thought was amazing as a movie that I don't really want to say much more about, but I thought that was terrific. Um, like I said earlier don't disrespect Steven Soderbergh no sudden move was awesome uh red rocket was terrific as well um drive my car really good i'm really amazed of all the critical love it's getting it's kind of for a movie that's 3 hours long and it centers around a, a very bizarre multinational reconstruction of an uncle Va- of uncle vanya is just a uh, it's very weird and I'm really happy that that movie is getting love that it's getting it's really good and then last one is a movie I saw at Sundance this past year and it released really small I think in New York called it's called I Was a Simple Man um really terrific I don't really want to say much about it because it's there's not really a plot to it but if I kind of explain it it kind of gives away a lot of what's happening in the movie so that I thought that was just a terrific movie comment Kind of has a lot in common with, um, like a peach of various mythical movies. Um, I thought it was just very terrific. So,
0: wanted to just throw that one out there. Yeah, uh, I'll, sh- I'll rifle a few more off as well. I think Souvenir Part Two is one of the. Uh...
1: Oh, I still haven't seen Souvenir. Yeah, part really II. good. I'm really um, looking forward to
0: it. Weirdly, very different from Part One, and um, very similar at the same time. I mean, it's it 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 make for a phenomenal back-to-back back. uh i watched them two days apart but um really good i uh, also got a shout out yet again i'll, I'll throw out the novice um learn first movie uh really good nightmare alley also amazing i really love nightmare alley uh which you know I, I hope more people watch it in the weeks to come um love the original I, I was able to check that out in the criterion channel this one also i really enjoyed um and even as you didn't you didn't see about petite mama is one of the better movies I saw this year, bar none for I'm sure. Dying to see it. And then yeah. I have to throw in there Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man, which uh... you ever <laughs> watched that? No. So good, so good. Is it actually? It's Guy Ritchie uh, getting rid of you know. Th- this is not a funny movie. This is not a.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't oh, you believe gotta you, check to be it to This is
0: not a Guy Ritchie comedy. <laughs> this is. It's a much darker and serious uh, Guy Ritchie, and it's. It, it, it's similar to the last duel it's got the rashomon narr- storytelling structure it's what? uh oh my god Love jason statham like this is kind of a biased thing because uh he's one of my uh one of my favorites but it's uh it's a uh, i think it's very rewatchable because it's just so cool that's it it's it's just such a cool movie um I, I i can't say it's one of my you know top 10 of the year or whatever but it's it was a lot of fun to check out and it's it's very different from Guy Ritchie's uh, usual stuff. Minus, you know, stay them kicking ass, which is great. Uh and that's kind of the, <laughs> the norm for him. But yeah, that's that's one that got a mention as well. And then I'll I'll finish mine my, my quick little spiel here with Spencer, which I think uh, was really good. Uh probably my favorite oh, score yeah. I like Spencer. of the year. And Johnny Greenwood had plenty. Um and, and obviously Kristen Stewart was just unreal in the film so those are uh yeah those are those are a few more little uh cheap throw-ins i gotta put in there
1: yeah uh, johnny greenwood terrific year yeah. he had that Tower of the dog and he had a uh, uh, licorice pizza too which there's not a lot of score in that movie but when it does come in it's really terrific so johnny greenwood just continues to be
0: amazing yeah, he had the he had the so. year he definitely had the best year of anyone in, yeah. in movies so.
1: him and him and andrew garfield yeah you that's know, that's fair. Maybe. Um, well, I guess we're at odds there because "Tick-Tick Boom" is a no bueno. You got to still book, admit he but, did uh, a good
0: job. He gave a good performance.
1: No, I, Andrew Garfield is never the problem in any movie he's in. He's always going for it. He's got that twitchy theater kid energy, which comes like really into play here because he's playing a twitchy theater kid. <laughs> so uh, just it's just I just love Andrew Garfield so much. It's just great to see him thriving yeah. out here.
0: Um, but with that though, Nick, thank you so much for coming on
1: yeah it's good to be here looking forward to 2022 some fun things coming out so yeah for to sure
0: uh, and we'll be back um very soon with our uh, most anticipated movies of 2022 which has kind of become a um yearly annual podcast for us now i think this will be like the third or fourth one we've done uh in, in the last little bit so that'll be fun for sure especially with all the the great stuff coming out this year uh so had for moonfall uh, in february <laughs> <laughs>
1: really looking forward to Morbius now coming out in yeah. April
0: yeah. right April Fools can't wait April 1st is coming <laughs> out um but yeah so so we'll be back with that very soon um, until then though you can check out all our movie bible content on our YouTube Twitter Facebook Instagram everywhere but obviously the most important is the dot com so check out our content there and we'll be back next week talking all things all things movies